we're built to be problem solvers. We're not very good at memory. <laughs> that's not yeah, a, that's yeah. not our thing. Yeah. AI can handle memory because it stores it in the memory. <laughs> I, I I learned the importance of hard work. I learned the importance of you know precision. I yeah. learned the importance of how to scale things. You know, in a factory, you cannot make one widget or two widgets. You have to make like ten thousand a day. How would you recommend utilizing AI today so that I can get maximum traction? I can get maximum sales. I can get higher yeah. valuations. Welcome back everybody to Founders Corner. In today's episode, I have a very special guest for you guys, a absolute expert in the world of AI. His name is Manoush and he is from Tetra Noodle and he is here to talk to us about the impact and the importance of AI, especially when it comes to startups and how startups can actually take advantage of AI to help themselves. Manoush, welcome. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much. Excellent. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, Manoush, it's kind of funny is when we were first originally talking, when we first met, you kind of, you know, explained what you do. And it was like, okay, this guy is impressive. And then I got to know you more. And then it's like, wow, this guy is very impressive. So why don't you, why don't you give us a little backstory as to where Manoush came from? Because I love that story. That, that's, that to me is a startup story. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I grew up in India, if uh, people can tell from my accent. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in India. Uh, and uh, it, it was a small town, a uh, lot of struggles. I started working in uh, a factory at age 15. And wow. uh, I was making $2 a day. Um, and working 12 hours a day, you know, six days a week. And um, yeah, it was uh, quite a quite a experience. Uh, I, I, I learned the importance of hard work. I learned the importance of, you know, precision. I yeah. learned the importance of how to scale things because, you know, in a factory, you cannot make one widget or two widgets. You have to make like 10,000 a day. And, yeah. and there's a process, you know, like everything, uh, everything sort of depends upon the process running smoothly. Uh, but you know, it was a it was a huge struggle, uh, you know, without any resources and all that. And uh, one day, I was just sort of flipping through some business magazines uh, during lunch hour, yeah. and I looked at these stories of these tycoons, you know, uh, making the waves in in the world of business and earning like millions of dollars, building all these massive giant companies. I'm like, you know, what do these people have that I don't have? Like, you know, these are human beings just like me. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know how these people do it. And so that thought left the impression in me. I mean, obviously at that time at age 15, like, you know, I was like a pipe dream. I was like, okay, you know, let's get back to work now after lunch. Yeah. But it sort of triggered something in my mind. And, and you I were, said, hey, sorry, you, know, you were 15 at this point. Yeah. Around like, uh, you know, something so you like were, 16. you were ambitious. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, like I will say like, stupidly romantically ambitious you know, like, you know, like uh, hopeless romantic is what we call that uh in in the love world and in the business world so. yeah exactly exactly so um so yeah i mean and then i found uh i found my love for computers like i uh, this again as i said it was a small town uh there was not even a like a decent uh, university or a college in that town and uh computer uh institute opened up um I could not enroll in the first year because the fee was like more than my year salary. Right. Uh, the next year I came, um, I, I sort of, you know, I was able to pay for the fee and then I found my love for computers and I said, okay, you know, this is exactly what I'm going to do. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Like I came to Canada, started working with 
a lot of startups, Fortune 500 companies, Microsoft, uh, IBM, Pearson Education. Um, uh, today, I have four patents in AI. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I've helped uh, all these companies generate like hundreds of millions of dollars um, with the technology that I've created. Wow. And then you also mentioned uh, you, you speak at UN as well um, yeah, for yeah. AI efficacy, eth right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a, a great opportunity. You know, I met um, uh, uh, an executive uh, from UK and they organize a lot of these UN related events where, you know, they are focused on SDGs, you know, the yep. the uh, the goals that UN has set from the, uh, I think it was 2015 Paris Accord where, you know, mm -hmm. all the nations came together and they said, you know, we need to do something about equality, climate change, all of these big problems and so um th that's a big agenda for a lot of uh countries a lot of uh, organizations so and ai is something that is instrumental in achieving those goals i agree and so i talked about equality and, and things of that nature um it was a great experience you know uh talking to these people and standing alongside nobel prize winners and things like that it was Amazing. That must have been an experience. So Manush, like I love your perspective on AI um, because what I love about it is the fact that you actually understand it very well. Um, you do it. And thirdly, you can actually explain it to someone in layman's term. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of it actually kind of bothers me. I don't know if it bothers you, but a lot of people misuse the word AI and where it's being placed. So what... Mm -hmm. Do you mind just giving our, our listeners a quick rundown as to what is what is you know machine learning deep uh, deep AI what is algorithm just to run through yeah, yeah. see uh, it, see our our mind is is a pattern recognizing machine right so even as a child if a child touches a hot stove mm -hmm. they need to just touch it once and then they know oh you know this is gonna hurt me I shouldn't really touch this again. Yeah. And that data point that is recorded in our mind and we remember it. But now let's assume that child is, uh, you know, like uh, in, in, a, in a very cold climate somewhere in Antarctica, you know, the, the wind chill factor is really, uh, you know, wind is really cold. He's wearing heat resistant gloves. So yeah. there are multiple factors now in that situation. And now if you touch the stove, it's not going to really hurt you. It may feel a little bit warm. Actually, it may feel a little bit pleasant in that uh, climate, right? Right. So now you can extrapolate like all these parameters start to add up and our mind is not able to. I mean, if you are really intelligent, really tuned in, maybe you can factor in 10, 12 uh, parameters. But let's say now you're working on a humongous problem. You know, you're saying, OK, what is the weather going to be like in 14 days? Now that right. depends on, you know, Earth's movements and sun's um, um, uh, uh, like uh, activity, moon, um, oceans, right. all of that stuff. And there is no way the human mind can like really, uh, you know, understand how to put together all these parameters and find those patterns. And that's where machine learning AI comes in, where it, if we feed enough data about all these um, parameters, and it could be millions and millions of parameters. It doesn't yeah. have to be limited. The machine can really sort through tons and tons of data and find those patterns that our human mind is not able to, uh, you know, recognize. Yeah. That's 
that's, that's how I always say it too. Actually, that's a very, very, um, I love that you use the child analogy because it really is a child, um, yeah, especially yeah. at its infancy. At the very beginning, it's a child. You have to feed it so much data so that it can continuously learn based yeah. on touching the stove. Okay, that didn't work here, but maybe yeah. touching the heat over here might work, right? Um, yeah. and, and that takes millions of data sets to be able to analyze that. So I, I, love the, I love the child analogy. And we, I mean, at the end of the day, Manush, you're right. We're built to be problem solvers. We're not very good at memory. <laughs> that's not yeah, a, that's yeah. not our thing. Yeah. AI can handle memory because it stores it in a memory. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, if you look at uh, the the evolution of technology as well, like you know, we used to uh, calculate things by hand, like in in during yep. you know when we create you know accounting books and all that. But now everything is uh, you know the calculators came along and we didn't need to like calculate it by hand. I still remember. You know, I used to be penalized if I took a calculator to my exam. Yes, right? like that's they, right. They, they forced you to calculate it by hand. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, you know, buy the scientific calculator and, and off you go. You don't need yeah. to remember anything. And now computers are taking over and uh, even the, the mundane tasks are done by computers. So as technology evolves, as you said, like our minds uh, are freeing up to do the things that we are good at and let the machines do what they are good at. Yes. What's uh what what would you say to people who are trying to compare algorithms to AI? Cuz that and that is something that's regularly mis misconstrued too, right? They go, "Well, no, we're going to get an AI, so we have to build an algorithm." And you know, my argument is always those are two completely very different things. <laughs> right? Think, algorithm uh, is more statistic statistics and uh, an AI is you feed it all the data, it figures it out. Um See, the thing is that algorithms are building blocks for AI. Correct. So, yes, uh, I agree with so, that. So AI will will actually um, utilize the algorithms to make the decisions. Right. To to say, okay, you know, this is the answer. Given this input, this is the answer. And so, um, so you can consider like when we create an uh, uh, an artificial intelligence, it is itself is an amalgamation of multiple algorithms. Right. Right. So. Um, so we can say, hey, you know, we are looking for uh, cancer diagnosis and we are going to feed it like hundreds and thousands of uh, X-ray uh, images to figure out, you know, how 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 it can determine uh, whether somebody has cancer or not. Right. Right. And uh, there will be multiple algorithms needed because one algorithm will decipher all the pixels in the image. The next one will figure out, you know, the shading of the colors of the skin and whatnot. Right. The next one will break it up into like numbers and all that. Correct. So there's gonna be a series of algorithms which will work uh, in in uh, in sequence to get the output. And this is exactly how our mind works as well, right? Yeah, hence the stereotypes, right? The stereotypes is based on us using our algorithm that we built in our heads based yeah. on particular, you know, uh, gender or, or uh, race or whatever, um, exactly. which is why the bias kicks in. So yeah. that's where I want to take the next conversation. What are your thoughts about AI bias? Because the way I look at it is that um, in a lot of situations where AI is becoming biased or in sexist or whatever, or race oriented, um, theoretically, it's doing exactly what we do ourselves, right? Yeah. Where we also do the exact same thing where we go, well, I've seen 
you know, let's say I've seen 10 people um, from France and, you know, they're all eight out of 10 of them are exactly like what I assumed. So in your mind, you immediately say, okay, the pattern is that most French people are like this, right? So what are your, what are your thoughts about bias and how that's going to play a role in the AI for businesses and even startups? So you, you absolutely uh, nailed it on the head. Like the, the AI is not doing anything inherently wrong. It's us who, who are doing something wrong. And you can imagine, you know, we earlier said that it, AI needs to be fed a lot of data, right? Correct. So when we, when we feed it real world data, real world data is based on our, our activity, our perceptions, right. yeah. you know, whatever humans, humans act the way that we do yeah. and that generates the data and then AI is learning from that data. So it's right. not the AI's fault, it's our fault. So right. we need to correct ourselves, remove the bias, which I, I don't know whether that will happen or not. So people who are, you know, quick to judge, Hey, you know, Oh, look, AI is doing something wrong here. They fail to look at themselves and say, okay, you know, what are we doing as a society I love that, that is feeding at this, right? So, so, so that's the, that's the thing. So you believe that AI is inherently um, just challenging us as humans to say, look, yes, there might be stereotypes, there might be racism, um, but at the end of the day, all we're doing is picking up patterns just like AI is. So exactly. instead of looking at ourselves, we're really just going, no, no, that's the AI, AI's fault. So one thing I wanna talk to you about is Amazon. Like this was kind of a big case where they executed an AI pattern recognition essentially um, that basically was rejecting female developers over males because that's what males were internally. Um, what are your, like, how do you remove those biases though? Like, that's really the question is, I know, and that's a, that's a philosophical question. So I know this is a conversation, but you know what I mean? Like, is that, is that wrong? Is like, how do you, how do you adjust for that? Because we make the same judgments to be frank. Like yeah. I know for a fact, like in interviews where a female found or a female developer might come in and a lot of interviewers were immediately make a judgment in their heads. Right. So yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that? See, the thing is that um, you need any anything like this. I mean, take democracy, for example, right? Democracy yep. is sim similar to AI. Like in democracy, um, you will vote for a certain candidate based on whether you, you know, you belong to a certain uh, economic class, socioeconomic class, wh whatever that is, that affinity mm -hmm. you had towards the candidate. But now you have oversight uh, from the, the other uh, opposition party who can counter the argument and say, hey, by the way, this person is not as good as he, he, you think he is mm -hmm. because of this, this, this. Right. Now, when you when you bring it back to the Amazon example, if a person who is in charge of hiring has a bias and they are also the in charge of creating the AI algorithm, right. there's no oversight. Then right. obviously the bias is going to kick in. So if you want to have a you know, relatively unbiased algorithm, then you need to get two or three people or parties involved and say, hey, this is the outcome we are looking for. What do you think? You know, where uh -huh. should we, what are some of the biases that we should be looking out for? And then you can actively remove that bias from the input data, right? So, so let's say in this case, you can clearly see that Amazon hired X 
number of male developers versus uh, y number of female developers now if you want to remove that bias you will say okay let's compensate for the you know higher percentage of male developers and so that the ai can learn that you know equal a number of males and females are actually better and uh-huh. and and you know so you're you're actually you, creating you're actually inserting diversity algorithm yeah. in there that's very neat yeah. because that's exactly you know what's funny uh, a lot of philosophers and especially uh, society um I don't even know what they're called. I think, uh, but basically, people who are trying to work out how society works best together, diversity is the number one thing they always mention. Is cre- again, you're right because at the end of the day, that diversity factor in building the AI inherently affects the AI to become a diversity thinker. Interesting. Okay, exactly. I love that. That's a really interesting point. Yeah, and uh, and then the other thing is. Um, you know, when you when you build these kind of algorithms, you you have to step outside and look at the broader picture because there are scientific uh, studies out there which actually uh, prove that diversity and inclusion actually helps uh, perf- uh, teams perform better. I agree. So, 100%. you know, if yeah. yeah, so if if you if you have a diverse team, uh, people coming from different uh, you know uh, economic backgrounds, backgrounds yeah. background, uh, you know, nationalities you'll have a diverse uh, set of ideas. There will not be a, a group think where, you know, people say, okay, you know, go jump off the cliff. Everybody will say, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do it. Um, but but so, so when you uh, bring these uh, ideas together, then mm-hmm. AI will automatically become less and less biased. I don't believe it is possible to, be, to have it like completely unbiased because that's the world we live in. Yeah. And, uh, and, but, but, you know, doing these kind of things, you can actually like reduce the bias. Interesting. What, what would you say is the most exciting AI technology that's coming out that you're, cause right now we're in a, in a scenario of flooded AI. That's what I call it. I, I call it the gold rush of AI. And there's so many different kind of AIs coming out, like the picture, Dolly 2, um, you got ChatGPT. Those are from the same person, I realize. But you got like companies doing like pitch decks. You're, you got AI doing, and I, to be frank, I've tried these. Like I would call them all very rudimentary. Um, I think people are kind of blowing it up more than what it actually can do. I think it's a good yeah. starting point, a good tool for users to use. But what are your what are your thoughts? Like what what's exciting for you the most? Um, I would say in the next five years. Okay, so um, the 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 fundamental thing people have to realize is that you know the the game changer is uh, something called uh, these large language models. Okay, so large yes. language model is, is OpenAI. OpenAI. Uh, and everything that you mentioned, you know, creating images and pitch decks and all that, the underlying technology is natural large language. language model. Yeah. Okay. So what, what large language model means, basically what they have done is they have taken the entire written history of humankind, everything that people have written in books, in, 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 in scriptures and in, on the internet, blah, 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 everything. Yeah. And it has digested it and became learned from it, meaning it knows what people have you know, in, throughout the ages have understood. It's it's different than uh, Google because Google basically just indexed it. And it if you, if you have some information, it knows where to find it. But yeah. with large language models, it can actually understand what you're asking it and then it, it can respond to it. So you can consider it as like an infinite, with, 
infinite wisdom, infinite intelligence. Yeah. Right? Um, now, the this is the first step to artificial general intelligence, meaning in uh, AI so far has been really good at one task, right? So, so if, if it's uh, predicting weather, if it's predicting yes. your sales cycle, yep. whatever that is, yep. it's really good at that. But artificial general intelligence will be good at everything a human can do. So what you have seen now is a, is a glimpse of what an artificial general intelligence will like. You know, you, you've seen it in movies, in Hollywood movies and all that. Yeah. It can do basically everything that the human can do and better. Um, so that's where we are going. My thought originally used to be like, you know, we are about 50 years away from AGI. Like 50 years it'll take for artificial general intelligence to come. Yes. But with the open AIs, um, these chat GPT and all of these things, I feel like they're much, much closer. In fact, we may be, uh, we may have some uh, form of AGI in the next five years. So wow. that's what I'm really excited about. Um, but even today, you know, if people understand how to use chat GPT and all that, it can replace a lot of... Um, the heavy lifting. Uh, how can I say? Human effort. Yeah. Human effort yeah. And it can do it much better. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm really excited about. But a lot of people don't understand what this is, what this means, how to I use agree. it uh, and all that stuff. And and it is natural because, you know, everything that is popped up is, is, is rudimentary. It's first version of first glimpse of what it will look like. It's very similar to, you know, going back to uh, if if people are old enough to, um, you know, to 1990s when the internet sort of started becoming more popular and yeah. people were saying, oh, what, what's a website? You know, I, I don't know whether I need a website. Okay, let me put together a web page and it used to be like uh, just a bunch of like links and that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's where we are at. Now, now, 20 years ahead, now we have like mobile phones, we have apps and like all kinds of things happening, right? So yeah. 20 years from now, this, this uh, uh, you know, the, the way that we are talking about creating pitch decks and all that, it'll be like, you know, you just think of it and it's done. You know, you, right. you don't need to like, even, even um, uh, troubleshoot it or you need to edit it or anything like you just say, okay, this is what I want to say, like get it done and then it'll happen. So one thing I always say in the natural language processing is um, like there's a lot of uh, headwind coming towards open our chat GPT, right? With uh, it getting sassy with you or, you know, it's getting a little more aggressive or telling you to break up your marriage. Um, the way I look at it is a lot of people are kind of freaking out because they believe, and this is a wrong impression, is that ChatGPT is exactly what you said. It's a natural language processor, not a general machine learning that has learned and understands what you're right. So all it's doing is basically understanding like going back in history, reading everything on the internet and learning based on communication. So if I was a generalist and you're asking me a question, I'm going to go back into my memory, think of what I know about that, right? And just spit it out back at you. I'm not trying to understand what it is you're saying and then respond, right? I think that's where a lot of people get a get the chat GPT thing wrong, where I think it's, they think it's a general machine learning that understands and reacts, but it's really just like, it's learning what you're, or it's understanding what you're saying and basically bringing the information you need. Is that a fair analysis yeah. of it? Well, I, I will, yeah, I will, I will 
that that's correct i will try to um break it down i will try to like give perspective for yes. people um so that they can you know really understand how to use it properly see as i said earlier so consider this to be an infinitely intelligent person yeah okay if you ask a stupid question Knows everything. to this person you yes. answer yes right so get better at asking better questions <laughs> because if you say hey should i break up my marriage is going to say wow i mean you know yeah. if, it sounds you know, like you're unhappy it makes sense <laughs> you, know, you know do it yeah uh, but like so ask a better question okay you know i'm going to what is your recommendation for me to feel better or you know how to fix this you know it will give you the right answer so right all i i, I tell people if you want to use these and as it gets smarter and smarter people will need to get better question because if we if we look at our education system we are not we have not been trained to like handle this kind of stuff right no. we have not been trained to uh, ask questions no. if you if you know what i mean like yeah we are taught a certain su- subject and you say did you memorize it i'm going to test you what you memorize but yes it is never encouraged for us to step outside the boundary and question hey is this real you know what what should be my choice here so uh, it's an unfortunate thing but the thing is uh, as this gets more and more powerful people will need to get better at asking questions otherwise you know they will be left behind and people who can ask request imagine the power they have at their hand because now they can like infinitely multiply their own intelligence yeah by you know like uh, tapping into it it's like it's like you know if you want to lift heavy weight you can get a crane and increase your cap- capability by thousands of percent to lift heavy weights it's yeah. the same thing for your mind yeah? yeah no i love that analogy you do have to ask better questions it's not just asking the question but how you ask it and what you're trying to get as an end result because at the end of the day that is what it's also looking for right is what are you trying what's the point of this common question conversation right so what would you um like i'm a startup you know our listeners are startups um how would you recommend utilizing ai today for them in let's let's talk operationally first because that's what you're doing right with your with your organization that's that's essentially the plan is help startups bring it together and be able to utilize technology to be able to ask it better questions as you mentioned, yeah, yeah. and to be able to get the answers they're looking for and to be able to build on top of it. So what what exactly. what would you recommend? See, let, let's start with the uh, startup uh, founder's journey. You know, the first question is, okay, first question startup founders are, uh, have is, what, what should I, like, what should be my product? What should be my service? Like, what is it that I want to build so that I can get maximum traction, I can get maximum sales i can get you know higher yeah. valuations and generally we we start to to you know friends and family start to like you know notice the world around us a little bit and we say oh that that seems like a good idea like i'll let me create like you know 3d printed shoes you yeah. know look, looks like a great idea and then we start on the journey of creating all that only to find out later nobody interested in this right? <laughs> so happens a lot right a lot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why 95% of the startups fail. Yeah. Now, imagine you can go to an AI and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. 
I have an idea for 3D printing shoes. Can you tell me what are the pros and cons of this? Right. right. And now, in the in before AI, you would have had to find a very very experienced person from the shoe industry who knows the market very well to be able to give you an intelligence that hey, this idea yeah. seems like good. Uh, you know, it's a good idea, but you need to focus on this. You need to focus on this. These are the manufacturing costs. This is how big the market looks like, and blah blah yeah. blah. But now you can go to the AI and say, hey, this is my idea. Can you give me an uh, an estimate for and I can expect what kind of you know uh, what is what are the steps I need to take to create this 3D printed shoe right. or something along the line. Now you are much more informed without even uh, breaking a sweat, without even investing a dime into this. And uh, as you make more and more progress, you can ask more and more questions. And it's like having a, a very wise advisor, like. Uh, yeah. That knows the startup entire internet. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So startup founders have advisory boards, right? Yeah. To tell where they are going wrong and, and whatnot. So consider this as a, as, a, as a very powerful, very intelligent advisory board that you have at your fingertips. Not only advisory board, but employee. So you can say, hey, okay, I've, I've created this startup now. Um, now I need some sales techniques. How do I get uh, my customers? They'll right. tell you, okay, do these, these things. You know, uh, it'll it'll give you all these uh, suggestions about optimizing your operations, optimizing your marketing. Uh, you know, uh, optimizing your messaging for marketing itself. Uh, all of this stuff is like it's amazingly powerful that that uh, can really accelerate uh, people's growth. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I'm very hopeful for like a like an AI advisory board. Um, that's going to be very cool uh, to see in the future, which I think, like you said, we could be five years um, to get that. But one of the biggest things I use I use AI for is like building out, because we build a lot of products, right? Like we build software yeah. for our customers all the time. And whenever you're building a product for a customer, you have to understand their user. And we always build our user personas from ChatGPT. Um, so we actually utilize it significantly and it does a lot of the heavy lifting. Like we still have to like, kind of like get in there and kind of make some adjustments, but man, is it accurate? And if you ask it correctly, like what you were trying to look for, like what are their biggest challenges? And then it like split spits it out. Okay. But what are all the challenges in technology in tech? Right. Then yeah. it spits it even more. Right. So it's quite impressive. And I agree with you. Uh, in the sense that AI can be huge for startups uh, to really learn and understand what it is they're trying to build, especially at an early stage. Um, that being said, you know, what are your thoughts around, like, what do you think AI is going to impact next in terms of industries? What do you think is the biggest impacted in, uh, industry that's coming down the pipeline? I don't think there is any industry that is not going to be disrupted. So I, I think the answer is the reverse. Like, which industry is not... I don't think there's going to be any construction workers. Be... <laughs> um, actually, it's not true because uh, AI I'm... is already being used in, in construction as well. Right. Like, uh, see, the, the, the world we are going in uh, now is going to be hyper personalized. Okay. Yes. So, because of industrialization, we had to produce goods at mass scale. Correct. And because of that, we had to uh, stick to the least common denominator, meaning, 
um take uh, again the shoe example right so you go to a, a shoe store or buy online whatever it is you'll get 12 sizes mm-hmm. of shoes you know whatever so you'll say okay this shoe doesn't fit me perfectly but the closest size is 10 men's 10 and that's the one i'm going to buy right that's that's the world we live in today right because of all the constraints for mass manufacturing and all that but imagine now with ai the the you can order a, a shoe made to fit your true size right um you can order food made to fit your uh genomic uh sort of you know uh, uh like a structure of right. your genes which will suit you well and nourish you the 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 most um you can order a custom uh medicine that is designed for your specific problem Very with zero side effects you know yeah. like today you 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 uh, listen to all these like um advertisements about medicine and towards the end they say oh you know uh, you may experience these side effects blah 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 <laughs> right yeah um and the reason is because what they have done is they have invented a drug which will work for you know majority of the population 80 percent or whatever yeah yeah but some of them will have side effects right so now you can imagine uh, if we start to move away from mass manufacturing and start to go into personalized um um personalized manufacturing or personalized goods um everything that we buy will be custom made for us right and so so you can imagine that that will apply to pretty much every industry that's actually a very interesting point so you're saying the fourth revolution um because the third was industrialization you think fourth revolution is not the internet but the personalization industry yeah yeah see yeah. internet is a, yeah internet is the backbone uh, of all of yeah, this right without 100%. that yeah without yeah. that it's not possible so it's like um you know you create a highway system for people to start communicating and on and business starts to flourish internet is like the information highway Correct. and on top of this all these technologies are getting built up and the end result is, you know, this hyper-personalization. Amazing. Um, Manush, uh, the, I love having conversations with you about AI. Like I said, you're, you're very intelligent and you're able to um, portray that intelligence in a very simplified form, um, which is really nice because I know like a lot of people, it's hard for them to understand what AI is because of how it's explained. And it's always very yeah. technical. So I appreciate you well, always- if you talk to me three years ago, you, you, I, you couldn't, I had to work really hard to, to like, so, like really. So you've learned, you've learned to, uh, yeah. to d- dumb it down for others. I love it. Yeah. Um, and it, it actually, yeah, I helped me do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a preacher and you, uh, you use it. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. good. That's exalt point. Yeah. So Manush, what, like, what can, like, let's say a startup is sitting there going, well, okay, great. I like all this stuff, but how do I ask the right questions? How do they get involved with you and your organization? Because I know that's what you guys help with. Yeah, so they can connect with me on LinkedIn or uh, you know visit my website, my personal website, uh, manojagarwal.com or tetranoodle.com. The easiest thing is just search for me on LinkedIn, connect with me, let me know that you heard me here and what kind of problems you are working on. Amazing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the best way to get in touch. Awesome. Manush, thank you so much. We do have to definitely do another episode um, down the line because uh, I think we have like 
10 more conversations to be had. So I really appreciate you. I'm, I'm going to come to see you in Vancouver soon. So I'm very excited for that as well. Um, for anyone Absolutely. that uh, is wondering what that means, we're actually doing an in-person sh- workshop with Manoush uh, in April. So, um, you know, that'll be posted on our website and, uh, and also on Eventbrite. So if you're interested and you want to come and meet Manoush in person, or meet me in person. I'm not as famous as he is, but uh, if you want to meet him in person, that's the place to do it. Manoush, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. To everybody else uh, with the Founders Corner, thank you all for tuning in with an episode with Manoush on AI and how that can help you as a startup and also how you can utilize AI to blow your business up and actually get it going. And like he said, to avoid being the 95% not doing research before you start. So until next time, please let me uh, like, subscribe, and we'll see you in the next episode. Have a great day. Corridor out. 